Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Patrop, here with the only two twins that just got back from another road trip. I hate you, Jet Setter motherfuckers. I hate you. Hate's a strong word. I'm I'm still confused by the term. I mean, I'm not confused by it, but I've never heard anyone use the term Jet Setter like in I mean, normal language more than you. Jetsetter.com is literally a site for traveling. I mean, I've heard it. I've never heard someone like say it, though. Like, You're a Jet Setter, you know? I mean, Timmy's old. I I, I that am could 30. be it. That I could 30. be it. I was in the newspaper yesterday, and everyone now, and now everyone here. knows that I'm thirty. I don't oh, yeah, know if I job. like it. I don't know if I like <laughs> it. Did though. your students like, see it? Um, whoever follows me on Twitter. What was a bad thing about being thirty? Because everyone knows I'm old now, man. Thirty's old. Are you one of the teachers who never tells the students their age? Nah, I tell them how old. You I can am. guess. I hate those teachers. Nah, I, the first thing I tell them is I'm thirty. My name is Tim. Because I know you're going to bother me for my first name and my age all year. So just get that way right away. Um, one, That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> some people that we definitely know are not 30 years old are the incoming rookies. Today we have a very special episode for you. Is Brandon Whedon in the draft again? <laughs> Hayden Hurst. He was 29. He was 29. Um, today we have a very special episode for you. But I'm not going to explain it until after we run these this opening music. Because Ooh. it's going to be a little, a little complicated. It took Jason a couple times to get it. <laughs> the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Alright, so I want to explain to you guys what we're doing here, right? Because we've mentioned this before, that we don't waste our time profiling these rookies. And telling you what their skills are on on our podcast. Number one, you can go to legitimately any football podcast in the world right now and they're giving that to you. So why do that? We don't want to give you the same thing as everybody else. We want to, we want to obviously be different. That's what makes us us. Right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make the first 12 picks of this NFL draft. Here's the only difference though. In our scenario, the NFL GMs are only concerned about fantasy football. Because what else matters, So, basically what we're really doing is taking the defensive players completely out of the the window. And we are going to be drafting just based on if the GMs were drafting to make the best fantasy football players they possibly can can make. This sounds like fun and not confusing at all. (laughs) I fully grasp this concept. Do you really? Are you just making fun of me? Of course. Yes. I mean, what's not to grasp? I we're know, drafting as if we're fantasy <laughs> right. owners. So we're going to be the first. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to be going in order. I got the first pick because, you know, I make the rules. What's up? Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, the reason why I got the first pick is because, yeah, we were in the chat and I just put my name first. Um, anyway. So that's what Timmy does. He's, he's a selfish guy. Uh, yeah, he's a selfish just, you know, this is how, uh, how I do. Um, I got the I'll first pick. saving lives, but he's a selfish prick. <laughs> By the way, if you guys if you guys are wondering what Michael is referring to, I hate that's like I, a third time I've heard. I know to I've, heard, I've <laughs> talked about this, but like the other day I was running, and I was jogging down the the street, and I saw a body flowing in the East River. I mean, in the Hudson River, right by our house. East and, River, East River, bro. Oh, it's the East River. My bad. Uh, it's it's an offshoot of the Hudson River, and um, this guy went offshoot, in. An even older person. <laughs> this guy went in and kind of dragged her out of the the water and she was blue and she was foaming from the mouth so i went down there um, i'm cpr certified and i checked for her pulse she was all right she turned to the side she was coughing i didn't actually have to administer cpr i only like only what i really did was like check for her pulse take off my shirt and give it to her and then like 
tap her on the back lightly. So it's not really like I saved a life, but it was cool to be part of that process. Your sexy bod was on display. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. It was on the Citizen app. Did you see the Citizen app? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, straight up just me, like, <laughs> half naked. I was, I, You know, I'm, I'm getting ready for my for my wedding, which is coming up in August. I'm getting ready for the summer. So I'm, I've been hitting the – I haven't been going to the gym, but I've been hitting the road hard. I've been running a lot, and I've been hitting the at-home workouts. Jason, well, are we supposed to tell people that we split a Beachbody account? Are Michael, you went on that? Yeah. So Why? me, Michael, because we're not though? supposed to. No, no, we're not supposed to split it. Oh. Yeah. So me, Michael, Jason, <laughs> Listen, I, if we're Shanti all trying to get listening our listening <laughs> or any of those other <laughs> trainers out there. <laughs> we're all trying to get our bodies right for the upcoming summer. So a um, little mini uh, road trip this past weekend did not help. Not good. I would imagine mini road trips don't uh, help. None of this jet setting has helped. I'm the fattest <laughs> I've ever Especially been. Especially because we weren't. Uh, May is going to be a month where I eat nothing. Where we weren't. We're not eating meat this week. We're fasting. Greek Easter so, coming up this Sunday. We were just eating pasta, pizza, drinking sangrias nonstop. It was <laughs> delicious. <laughs> <laughs> delicious is right. Um, Greek Easter coming up, and if anyone here out there, not only Greek, I shouldn't say Greek, Orthodox Easter, so Russian Orthodox people and um, Armenian, Armenian people and th- things of that nature. We we all celebrate Easter a year, uh, uh, I mean a year, a week after traditional Catholic Easter. And we well, make not f- always. It just happens to be that way this year. It happens. Well, we we. It's usually on a different day. Sometimes they fall on the same day, um, but that's also a feast and a half. So we're gonna eat a lot. Yeah. So and happy Easter to the Catholics and happy Passover yeah, for sure. Actually, well, my too. my whole episode where I why I helped kind of take that girl out of the water and I, I helped afterwards or whatever. Um, it was on Easter, so. For whatever that's worth. Um, so, yeah, without any further ado, we're already six minutes into this episode. Without any further ado, uh, let's get right into this because we are going to be drafting the top 12, kind of like the NBA lottery, right, except for the NFL draft because if we did the... Tim, the- Tim, I'm going to stop you there. There's a much better analogy here. Kind of like the first round of a 12-team fantasy draft. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah, I was thinking more of the where NBA we lottery. With this. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, you know, I'm enough. in NBA mode. I literally just got done recording the Veterans Minimum Basketball Podcast, so I was in NBA mode coming into this basketball. And then, and then, real quick, just that behind garbage. the scenes. So that ran over because that podcast was like an hour. It went about an hour fifteen. And Michael, I was like, yo, while I, was, I, I texted him, I'm like, yo, if you guys can come pick me up, so we we don't we don't start too late tonight, that would be fire. Michael went to the studio. And he saw Joe outside the studio, and Joe's like, "What the fuck are you doing here, man?" So he, if well, that's not how Joe reacted. We had a nice conversation, <laughs> and then I said, "I'm waiting for Tim," and he was very confused. And I was like, "Well, fuck me." <laughs> Guess so, I went to the wrong place. And it's on the all the way on the opposite end of our of our what is it, neighborhood? Town? It's neighborhood Astoria. So it's like it's a it's a, like a ten minute drive across town. So Michael, um, thanks for picking me up, man. Yeah, took way uh, longer than expected. So we are going to get started on this fantasy-only draft. We are only thinking in terms of fantasy. We don't have any concern about the actual team's wins and losses whatsoever, just how many fantasy viable players they can make. And with the first pick, I'm coming to the the podium. With the first pick in the 2019 solely fantasy NFL draft. Just fantasy NFL fantasy the, draft, man. Nah. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. Uh, yeah, so I, I look, Kyler Murray is not only going to be the Very first. Very original. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be the first pick, and I think he should be the first pick. Here's why. 
Um, this has been said many times. Cliff Kingsbury likes to run that air raid offense. He coached Patrick Mahomes in college. Um, he actually coached Baker Mayfield before Baker Mayfield moved on to Oklahoma in college. He's a guy of that similar ilk. Um, he's only uh, about a tenth or two tenths of an inch shorter than Russell Wilson, so the height concerns are not there. Um, he can throw on the run. Anyone who's evaluated him as a quarterback has said that all of his measurables are absolutely off the charts. He has plus accuracy. He could throw on the run. He could throw deep. He could throw short. He has a giant arm. He can uh, avoid the rush. He could do everything you need a quarterback to do. The drawbacks are he's not a great locker room guy. I don't care about that in fantasy. Just throw my guys the ball. And Kyler Murray on the squad all of a sudden makes David Johnson a guaranteed top five running back. If everything goes the way that they, they see it going. It automatically takes Larry, Fitzge Larry Fitzgerald to that next level. It automatically takes Christian Kirk to that next level. It automatically takes Ricky Seals-Jones, even though, you know, tight end this, tight end, whatever. It takes him to that next level. I think it takes the entire roster of the Arizona Cardinals offense in the next level. So Kyler Murray is my first round pick in the NFL fantasy, fantasy draft. Let me say something. Fair enough. You know, with all the advanced stats out these days, PFF coming up with stuff, us coming up with stats, <laughs> it all comes down to one simple truth with quarterbacks. You can't teach accuracy. And there's still teams out there trying to debunk this truth. And they're still going to take the inaccurate quarterbacks of the world, like Josh Allen last year. Drew Locke wasn't the most uh, accurate quarterback who's probably going to go in the first round tomorrow. I just don't get it. I like Drew Locke a lot. Murray has accuracy. He can pass a ball in a tight spot. Michael, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, me, you know. Daniel know about, Jones, don't even get me started with that either. You know about mine and Jason's love for Baker Mayfield. So I just I have like an affection to Oklahoma quarterbacks now. And Kyler Murray was basically Baker Mayfield last season for Oklahoma. He was a beast. So I'm not I'm not super worried about his height and all that. He'll he'll make plays. That's what he does. Bling, blaga, bling, 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 bling. That's our our noise for the pick is in. Coming to the podium now. <laughs> I representing you to remember that. Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming to the podium now is Michael. Bling, blah, bling, blah, bling. <laughs> for the 49ers. Um, Michael, with the second pick in the NFL fantasy fantasy draft, who do you select? With the second pick of the NFL Fantasy Fantasy Draft. Do you notice how I transitioned to, and I just named it Fantasy Fantasy it's Draft, better. and I think it's much better? Yeah. yeah. Out of uh, Arizona State, at 6'2", 228 pounds, wide receiver Nikhil Harry. Whoa, and right off the bat, we got a surprise. Uh, not, the not the favorite wide receiver of the people we evaluating the, people. the wide receivers. Um, so, very, Michael, why uh, is he a fit for the 49ers? Harry's very interesting. I'll let you go, Michael, because... In fantasy circles, he's like the consensus 101 right now in rookie drafts. But in the NFL, he's not like the number one receiver prospect that teams are looking at. It's very interesting the way that uh, Harry is being looked at in the two different circles right now. So, Michael, yeah. why are you more on the circle of the fantasy draft? Uh, so, Nikhil Harry, like I said, 6'2", 228, solid size, solid weight, great route runner, great hands. Had over 1,000 yards receiving each of the last two seasons with over 14 yards per completion. In those two seasons combined, racking up 17 touchdowns. Also elusive when he has the ball in his hands. He broke 38 tackles in uh, in his three seasons at Arizona State. He recorded the most explosive plays, according to PFF, of all college wideouts the last two seasons. 
And in the 49ers offense with Dante Pettis on the outside, George Kittle in the middle, if Marquise Goodwin just moves to a, a pure slot role and Nikhil Harry on the opposite side, that's like that's not an offense I want to go up against as a defense. It's very interesting because you hear the names Hollywood Brown and DK Metcalf in those first round conversations, but Michael goes Nikhil Harry, and I mean he has all the measurables. He, he was in Arizona State, so he didn't do it for a, a one of these giant programs, but he did it for a program that competes and has look. James Harden is an Arizona State Sun Sun Devil, and uh, so is uh, Brock Osweiler. So obviously, James Harden, number one fan, you right here, Tim? No, definitely not. <laughs> I shit on James Harden about about twenty minutes ago. On I assumed that'd be the case. On the, yeah. Uh, so uh, Nikhil Harry is off the board next. So so far, Kyler Murray and Nikhil Harry come off the board. Jason, you are representing New York the New York Jets. Woo, that's our team. Yeah. Ding. Black blong dang. Jason, that took a turn. The pick is in. <laughs> Who do you select with the third pick in the 2019 NFL Fantasy Fantasy Draft? The New York Jets select wide receiver out of Iowa State, Hakeem Butler. Oh, and we got another surprise wide receiver already. Michael and Jason going Hakeem on the list. If you hey? know anything about us, if you have been a fan of us. If, you're, if this is your first episode, welcome. But if you've been a fan of us, then you know that we do not like going with the consensus. And right off the bat, two non-consensus picks for Michael and Jason. Jason, why does Hakeem Butler make the most sense in New York? I, I'm a bigger believer in Hakeem Butler than a lot of people in the world. This guy is 6'5", 227 pounds. That is a big receiver. And you know what else? He's like not Hakeem Nicks He's size. not Devin Funches either. Like He's not just a big receiver who stands in place. He's a shifty receiver who's very big. He's like basically, like if DK Metcalf wasn't in this draft, Akeem Butler would probably be the like big fast guy that everybody is talking about. He had more receptions, twenty plus yards downfield than anyone in the draft class last year. That's not someone you think of when you think big possession receiver type guy because that's not what he is. He also led the draft class in deep receiving yards. So when you're looking at someone going down the field, Hakeem Butler was that guy last season. Now, if you're looking at the Jets, they have Robbie Anderson. All right, a guy with an incomplete Robbie route tree. A. Incomplete route tree. Although, don't, don't Gase has Robbie said a. that he is working on that route tree. He believes that he can run more in the route tree. Honestly, I hope so. Real early, Robbie Anderson's one of my favorite sleepers going into the year. I like him as well, but remember when he was catching slants last year, he was fumbling the ball True. or dropping it. He's not the strongest guy. He he's is about he's, as he's skinny quite a stick. as... I was going to compare McGee. someone on our football team, but the people listening aren't going to know who that is. You Mahmoud? Mahmoud. Yeah. You know what's funny? He, when he wears a helmet, it it looks like he's like like an alien, like a, a space suit. Like the, the helmet is so much bigger than his body. Yeah, so that's Robbie Anderson, not the prototypical wide receiver one. Solid slot receiver, excels at creating separation, Jameson Crowder. And then we have Anunwa, who's like a tight end type receiver who's best when working inside. What we don't have is that guy on the outside who is the prototypical wide receiver a big size if you look at his numbers his receiving blocking yards route per run all yards per route run all of this they're all insanely good the only his main concern was drops and you know what i don't care he had a lot of opportunity in college that has a lot to do with your drops obviously and also listen if you're a guy if you're going to support dk metcalf as a player who didn't really produce too much just because of his measurables, then I'm doing that with other players. Drops are a little bit random. People can learn to deal with drops, and even if not, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, these guys have a lot of drops. Do you know what his catch percentage was? 
uh, in the fifties. Whoa. High fifties, I think, like fifty-eight percent. That's that's really bad. Well, that's also yes, but it's also targets, yeah, it's also like part of the quarterback as well. Sure. Like, uh, name the quarterback throwing to him. I bet none of us really can. Right off no. top of our heads, no, we can't. Also, he had twenty-three catches and five hundred seventy-three yards out of the slot. So he's able to move around. Six-five, two twenty-seven, coming out of the slot with twenty-three catches. Hakeem Butler, I think, is a great fit for the Jets, and a nice fantasy piece if he ends up there. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Because here's the thing. Bing, The pick is in for the Raiders. And John Gruden selects Barry Sanders. And I think John Gruden here, uh, he could have went with a wide receiver before the season, but he's short out that wide receiver spot. Now, I'm yes. hopping in real quick. Hakeem Butler's catch rate last year, 57.7%. Oof. 11 drops on 104 targets. That's quite a bit. Who would your comparable be for him? You know, I was thinking about that, and then as I was, like, scanning, you know, of course you got to scan the sites, see what his numbers are. Player profiler, his comparable is Brandon Marshall, which I think is a good one. Big I receiver. Nix. I think Hakeem Nix works well here, too. Brandon Marshall had issues well, with drops. Jackson. I th- I like the Marshall comp because he had issues with drops, but he was still a very good wide receiver. He did have issues with drops. And Brandon Marshall, very good on the Jets a few years ago. Boom, full circle. Butler Boom. to the Jets. Um, so, now the Raiders, they have one giant need. At least if you're thinking about it from the fantasy perspective, right? They have a running back need. They have one I'm running back. Jalen Richard guy. They got one running back that can really catch, Jalen Richard. They got one running back who can run it through the, the middle, which is Isaiah Crowell. Oh, that's right. I didn't say Crowell. I said Crowell. I'm going running back here, and Ooh. my pick here is the best running back in this class, according to many, many people who have seen them play. Josh Jacobs, running back, Alabama, is the running back that I'm going here for the Raiders. Look, Josh Jacobs, yes. He didn't have that much production. But when the lights were the brightest is when he shined the brightest. On top of that, he showed the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he can make he can make pass it. He could catch balls that are over his shoulder like a wide receiver. Like he really has wide receiver skills. He has shown the ability to run off tackle. Now he's only 5'10, so he's about just under average height for a running back. But he is an absolute bowling ball. People bounce off of him. On top of that, I love his work ethic. I've been watching Draft Academy and seeing how much he takes football as his, he eats it, he sleeps it, he breathes it, he lives football. He knows what he needs to do. He knows what he needs to do to get better. He is, his coaches cannot say enough about his work ethic. They say he's one of the better work ethic kids that they've had. He's the only one? Time out. Stop. Hold on a second. They say he's been one of the better work ethic kids they have, but that the work ethic is just an addition. The reason I'm, I want him here is because he has that dual running back quality that is so important in today's NFL. And if I'm the Raiders, that's exactly the position I'm looking at if I'm drafting for fantasy. So uh, my pick is Josh Jacobs, running back, Alabama. What were you going to say, Jay? I can't argue with that one, but I'm gonna, I have to do a little bit of research real quick into okay. the old tweets of Tim Petrop. 
uh, because if you look back at something that was happening today, uh, I know I knew he was gonna say that. What are your favorite NFL draft <laughs> cliches? Was a tweet by Veterans Minimum, <laughs> and Tim in quotes said, "Eat, sleeps, and breathes football." That look, it's a cliche. If we run this back, look, I'm pretty sure I said you that. Said I said that. the exact statement, <laughs> but I said it because sometimes cliches are true. All right, sometimes when there's a white That's guy in a basketball a court, he shoots threes, or he's scrappy. You know, yeah. Sometimes when no, what, what's another what's another cliche? Sometimes when you know the 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 high school quarterback throws the game winning touchdown the state championship, you know he gets a parade in the streets in his little town. All right. Sometimes cliches are true. We get it. All right, that's it. You know, Josh Jacobs would be the first running back ever taken in the first round if he goes in the first round without a one thousand yard rushing season in college. It well, they, don't forget he was part of a three headed monster in Alabama. They get the best of the best. And all three of those running backs are going to be drafted. He's just the best of the bunch. But, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. It, you really don't see anyone else like that. A comparable that I think is one person that you could talk about is Kenyon Drake. Uh, Kenyon Drake, also out of Alabama. Um, he has a lot of that same skill set. And a lot of people, if you look at the people who are interested in him, I mean, he's got he had meetings with, like, the Eagles and the Colts. These are teams that are looking for him to be part-time backs. Um, so a team like the Raiders, he would be the full time back. So that's why I'm taking him with the Raiders. But what 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 bang bada boom bow bounce bow, 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 bow. Michael and the Bucks pick is Michael in. and the Bucks. Michael. Ow! Oh my god. That's good, right? That would that hurt my ears. That's, that's good. what you're upset about after all these noises you're that making this episode. I mean, that was just You think your draft noises are good? Let that me do was the a next spike. draft noise and it'll be beautiful. Nah, 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 nah. Chill, chill. I have chill. the voice of Fergie. I got dibs after him. <laughs> all right, Mike. All right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're set at tight end OJ Howard. What, you, you, stop. With the fifth pick. With the fifth pick. Come on. I'm sorry. With the fifth pick of this NFL fantasy fantasy draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select weighing in at five. Feet, 10 inches, 222 pounds out of Iowa State. Running back David Montgomery. A guy that a lot of people think is the best running back in this draft in terms of potential to be a workhorse. Michael, what do you, what do you like about him? If you him? have not listened to the uh, Connor Allen episode yet, Connor Allen talks up David Montgomery a bunch. Got me even further on the David Montgomery train. Uh, there's a lot to like about David Montgomery. Uh, since PFF started tracking college football, no running back has ever forced more than 100 missed tackles in a season. Except David Montgomery, twice, each of the last two seasons. He was an absolute workhorse for uh, Iowa State over the course of his collegiate career. He racked with 1,200 rushing yards last season, had the most missed tackles overall in NCAA, and the most missed tackles per attempt, which is even more impressive. Because if you get a lot of volume and you break the most tackles, sure, that's impressive, but it might be volume-based. He also broke the most tackles per attempt, so you know he was he was just breaking tackles all over the place. He's elusive. He's a good pass blocker. He wasn't super involved in the passing game, but he showed that he's he, uh, he's not a great route runner, but he showed that he has some solid hands. He had 71 total receptions in his career without a drop. So even if he wasn't super involved in passing, 71 total receptions is not a lot, but it shows that he could uh, he could develop there a little bit. It might take some time until he's a true three-down back, but even then he should be a very effective first and second down guy. Uh, David Montgomery, he will fit in the uh, Bruce Arians offense. Uh, Peyton Barber is Peyton Barber. He's it's he's not going to blow anyone away. And Ronald Jones, again, don't get me started with Ronald Jones. I talked him way down last season after the draft. And, uh, yeah, I would love David Montgomery to end up on the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
What do you think, Jay? What do I think? It was Michael's decision. <laughs> All right, no, fine. I'll say what I think then. David Montgomery is a you. What do you? The Mel Kiper and Todd McShay discussed the pick. He's after. he's a back that I like, <laughs> and I think that if he ends up on the Bucks, I'm going to be grabbing him early and often in drafts. Uh, agreed. I think any rookie running back that ends up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a running back that I want every single team that I draft to have because he's not going to be going in the top rounds. He'll be like a fifth round pick. Um, unless he unless he kills it in the preseason, but if Josh Jacobs or Montgomery go here, that's the guy I want. I'm taking Montgomery first pick third round right now if he goes to the Bucks. Jeez, and you're not even a rookie running back guy. Well, you took Zeke a couple of years back. It's definitely risky. I'm all about the rookie running backs. All right, my um, dreams. <laughs> my dreams. Um, yo, Michael, did you hear something? <laughs> yo, get out of here. You see, Jason wants to do it, but he can't beat me. Jason, you want to. It's okay. See, Jason's the younger brother, so he's got this younger brother syndrome. You know what I'm saying? If I was listening to this, I'd lower <laughs> Bling, this boom, dang, <laughs> The pick is in. <laughs> With the sixth pick of the 2019 NFL Fantasy Fantasy Draft, the New York Giants select. Hey, you got both New York squads. They select. Had to catch my breath to say the full name. Decalin Zacharias Metcalf, better known as DK. Decalin. Decalin Zacharias. It's a cool name. Decalin isn't a hard name to say. No, Decalin's a cool name. DK is a good nickname, though. Yeah, it is a good nickname. Decalin's a cool name. I I feel like Decalin. Decalin, DK. Yeah. You know what's funny? When I first read his name, Decalin Zacharias, I was like, oh, it makes sense. DK, like Decalin Zacharias. Obviously, Zacharias is a Z (laughs) now that I think about it. Uh, So I don't know what happened there. Anyway, so. Someone that you've been not so high on, Jason, yeah. coming into the draft process. So why is he going here for you? Because it's all about fantasy, baby. And if we're looking for fantasy impact right away, and if I'm the Giants and I'm looking for someone to contribute this year, DK Metcalf is that answer. Listen, they just got rid of OBJ. They have Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate, two slot receivers. What do you need right now? Who's someone that can excel on the Giants tomorrow? It's the Giant. 6'3", 228-pound, 4'3", 340-time, 40-and-a-half vertical jump, wide receiver named DK Metcalf. And you know what's especially perfect about this? The fact that Eli Manning sucks, right? David Gettleman's an idiot. The Giants' offense is very boring. OBJ barely ran routes that weren't streaks or slants. And guess what? That's exactly what Metcalf needs because he's not the best route runner in the world. So if he he's big. So if you're trying to press him, he can get off you and run straight and outrun you. Or if you're trying to, uh, he can make one cut and just outrun you on that diagonal on the slant route. He's going to struggle with comeback routes and stuff of that sort. But that's not the offensive Giants run. So if I'm looking at someone who can have an impact right away on the Giants. Listen, last year his numbers are down, but he only played seven starts and they were pretty impressive. 569 yards and five scores. Uh, The issue here is that he's been injury prone. He had a neck injury last year, foot injury his freshman year. But if I'm looking for some fantasy impact, if DK Metcalf makes his way onto the Giants, uh, who might want to fill that OBJ void, he could have an impact year one. You know, I've been growing more and more fond of DK Metcalf. Have you? Interesting. Yeah, uh, because he's just an athletic freak, and the more you look at it, the the less it seems like he didn't produce. Like there's this narrative that he really didn't produce, and yeah, obviously all those in seven games were productive, good. but his rookie year he didn't 
uh, produce much, but a lot, a lot of great NFL players did not play their rookie year, or at least not a lot their rookie year. That's just how the NFL system, the NCAA system works. And then, like Jason said, his second year, only seven games, 550 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, that's like 80 yards and almost a full touchdown per game. So it's there. there's production there, despite it seeming overall that there's not a lot of production there. And, I mean, that dude is just... I mean, everyone's seen the picture with his shirt off. He's just a ridiculous freak. So a ridiculous freak is an understatement. Yeah. Like a, a terrible, horrible understatement. Uh, I don't know about DK Metcalf because he does he, run a three cone shuttle or whatever slower than Tom Brady. He slipped. I know he slipped like twice. It counts. He I slipped. Know, but That's again. It was still quite too, though, the fact that He slipped because he can't even do I it. I mean, if <laughs> you're playing press coverage against him in the NFL or anywhere, good luck. You're not going to be able to. And once he beats a corner, he's gone. He's got the speed. Uh, he's got the burst. So I, I like it. Look, the Jaguars, I'm not making any noises because right now the Jaguars are in a bit of a pickle. No. No, the pick's not in yet. Yeah, relax, relax yourselves. Relax yourselves. All right? Because I thought that I would be picking TJ Hawkinson right here. I, I had it locked in. And I actually think they're going to take TJ Hawkinson in the real draft. Right, so can we have a separate conversation real quick? Because I'm very surprised by this. People are all about like running backs don't matter. Don't take a running back early. No one seems to be bothered by the fact that a team might take a tight end top ten. I mean, I think tight end. It's a very growing. It's a valuable position. position. Kelsey wasn't. It's growing in value. Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle. These aren't guys who were picking the top ten. Yeah, because tight ends have never been picked by now. And now all of a sudden, because there's a few tight ends out there. And let's be real. Those are only three real game-changing tight ends right now. O.J. Howard. So you're going to waste a top 10 pick, hoping that you can find this game-changing tight end. Howard hasn't proved it yet. O.J. Howard is very good. Hunter Henry even healthy. I mean, it's not unprecedented. I find it and, very questionable to take a tight end that early. Well, it's it's not just tight end. Like this is a guy that they're talking about. Like even if he was a receiver, he'd be effective. So he's and he has the ability to block too. So it's not as though this is a guy that we're talking about like some blocking tight end. You know what I mean? So, um, but I can't get over the fact that Hollywood Brown's still on the board. So bring bong, bloogie, bloom, bloom. You can't say the name before <laughs> the game is away. I've made my pick. It's between Hollywood Brown and TJ Hawkinson, and I'm going with Hollywood Brown. Look, Nick Foles throws a beautiful deep ball, right? That's one of the things that makes him such a good quarterback. Brown is the fastest guy in this draft by far. He said he was ready to break the record for fastest 40 before his Liz Frank injury that doesn't didn't allow him to do that. Look, people are saying that he's a Deshaun Jackson clone because of his height and weight. He's only 168 pounds. I beg to differ. I think he's a Tyreek Hill kind of guy. Game-breaking speed. He can run more routes than just the go route. Is elusive. He's not scared to go over the middle of the field. He went on drag routes all the time. He breaks tackles. He's small, yes, but this is a new league that protects receivers. He won't be in that danger that a small receiver used to be in. His coaches say he's the hardest worker in the building. Uh, He showed up on his pro day and to the combine even though he wasn't competing. Yes, he only made three contested catches last year. He only had nine opportunities to make a contested catch. That's how many... That's how much separation this guy got. He was just always open, so he never had to make a contested catch. So all the... Now, are you concerned about the injuries? Of course you are. But look, you have an Oklahoma receiver with injuries already. 
that has worked out pretty good for you if you're the Jaguars, and his name is D.D. Westbrook. Make another Sooner receiver his partner on the outside, and you will not you will not go wrong for it. Uh, and I think that Hollywood Brown to the Jaguars is my pick at number seven in the NFL fantasy fantasy draft. You know, 5'10", 170 is very He's small. skinny. He's small. He's very skinny. No one really. I mean, but Robbie Anderson's six two one seventy. But no one's really been ever been that productive at that height. And uh, Deshaun uh, Jackson speed. has. Tyreek Hill is Deshaun shorter. Deshaun Jackson's not five ten. Deshaun Jackson's five ten. Nah. I'll look it up. You continue. I was gonna say, but yeah, I mean, like you th- look at Tavon Austin and how terrible he was. Brandon Cooks, but Brandon Cooks was also he's like six foot. These these five ten one seventy five. Deshaun Jackson. Interesting. So besides Deshaun Jackson, I guess Deshaun Jackson is the the good side of it. But it's, I don't know, I'm, I, it's tough for me to trust someone that size this early in a draft. Todd McShay, someone who we all know the name Todd McShay, says that he's the best, one of the best wide receivers he's ever evaluated. And in terms of elusiveness and speed, the best wide receiver he's ever evaluated in his entire career of evaluating the draft. That has to mean something. That has to. And Kyler Murray was throwing him bombs last year. Another thing that has to mean something. Like, you can't... I The injury scares me a little bit. Because if you saw the injury happen, it was non-contact. Yeah. So when a non-contact injury happens like that, it always uh, it always def- it definitely worries you. Especially if it's a Liz Frank injury. That is an injury that has derailed careers. So you're taking a chance. But I think that if he's healthy, he's one of the more dynamic players in the game. And I really think he's going to redefine... I, I Again... Tyreek like Hill for Jacksonville. Tyreek Hill, I think that he's a Tyreek Hill type, even though he's not as he's much taller than Tyreek Hill. He does the same things. He had this one drag route underneath where he got it in his zone forty, and he just broke tackles up the sideline until he reached a touchdown. Um, he has the ability to do that, so I think Hollywood Brown here for me. Hollywood Brown with a uh, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be too shabby. D.J. Chark, another one of those guys who I think is going to be an underrated sleeper this year in fantasy. Tim, make the noise, bro. It's the pick in? The pick is in. Have you made your decision, Jason? It's my it's pick. T- Michael's pick. Oh, it's Michael's pick. Ding! Bong! That's the same as the first one, right? Sure. The pick is in. Weighing in at 188 pounds, 5 foot 9 inches tall. Similar to the guy Tim just Detroit said. Lions take... Out of UMass. Andy Isabella, wide receiver. Michael's love. He's loved this guy for a while now. I wouldn't say his love. I'm just a fan of his. Okay, fine. <laughs> Look, Isabella was he was actually the number one overall rated wide receiver last season, according to PFF. Uh, he totaled 1,696 yards on 101 receptions in 12 games. Think about that for a second, how many yards that is per game. He led the nation in yards per outrun which is very impressive. When you look at the NFL and yards per out run, it's always headlined by guys like Julio Jones and company. He's a bit undersized at 5'9", but 188 is better than one like 170 for Hollywood Brown. He makes it up He makes up for it with ridiculous speed. He ran a 4'3", 140, so he is way faster than uh, than like a, people always just compare him to the other short white guys because that's what people like to do, Danny Amendola, Wes Welker. He's way faster than they were, and you could certainly use someone uh, that size and that speed in today's NFL, especially for the Lions, replacing Golden Tate. Uh, he was also one of the most effective downfield weapons despite his size last season. Compiled over 700 yards on receptions of 20-plus yards or more. 
and he improved every single season in his college career. Topped 1,000 yards each of his last two years and combined for 23 touchdowns each of his last two seasons. Uh, a lot of people are mocking a tight end to the Lions. I think that makes absolutely zero sense. They continue to show that they just don't know how to use tight ends correctly, so why would they take a tight end here? You saw how they used Eric Ebron. Uh, I think Andy Isabella makes sense from a fancy standpoint if they could grab him in like a second or third round in the actual NFL draft. I think it would be a nice a nice boost for Andy Isabella's fantasy stock. Uh, I wonder where he would be if he wasn't a, a little white kid because athletically he stands out when you watch him play. Um, Jason. He's little, though, in general. He's tiny, 5'9". Um, but 5'9's okay in this in this. In this what we have NFL. in this new NFL, yeah, what we've what we've come to love. Um, no one love. Jason. Boom, bada boom, ding, dang, ding, bling, blong, bling, blong, bling. The pick is in. Is With this, the, the uh, ninth, pick ninth pick of the 2019 NFL Fantasy Fantasy Draft, the Buffalo Bills select TJ Hawk. Psych! You oh. think I would pick a rookie tight end? For fantasy production, a rookie tight end. You obviously haven't been listening to the show the past couple weeks. For fantasy production? <laughs> eh? No, the Bills are going to select Daryl Henderson out of Memphis. Okay, you know, a just, guy that uh, people are high on. Who did they just sign the Bills? TJ Yeldon. They just signed TJ Yeldon. Nice, yeah. little, nice little move there, I think. <laughs> look, if you look at the Bills and you want to look at where they can succeed this year, if a rookie is going to come in and succeed. You got to look at quarterback. Okay, obviously they have one. Not a very good one, but they have one. Then they have wide receivers. Someone legitimately tweeted about how they were excited for Bills wide receivers this season. No. Yeah, I saw that too. Dude, I know. Okay, <laughs> Robert Foster. <laughs> Absolutely true. Yeah, he was good last season. They, Zay Jones, yeah, former first-round pick. Cole Beasley. Like, yo, come on. Here's the, what I'm saying. You would think that I'd go wide receiver here, but the issue is that they don't have a quarterback who can throw. So I don't think that a rookie wide receiver is going to come in and help this season. It's just not going to be possible. And then if you look at tight end, obviously, as I always talk about, rookie tight ends are notoriously slow. I'm not digging a tight end here. I think that the Bills need their running back of the future. They have LaShawn McCoy, who's past his prime and injury prone at this point. They have Frank Gore, who somehow is still trucking. And TJ Yeldon is just a very average running back from pass, catch, block. He can do a little bit of everything, but he's average at it. They need someone who can come in and make an impact, and I think that Daryl Henderson is the perfect fit here. He averaged 6.2 yards after contact last season. That's the best in this class. Uh, he also had 27 runs of 20-plus yards. The next closest after that was 17. So basically, he's the best running back at getting long chunk gains, and he's the best running back after contact. What else do you need? Especially if you're working with a backfield with other heads in it you want someone who's explosive who can come in get 11 carries be like the Kenny Drake of a couple years ago or even last year he was pretty decent because of the passing game get like 11 carries take one to the house and have a flex rb2 potential type here over his last 344 attempts he had 8.9 yards per carry average he was pretty effective as a pass catcher with dump offs and screens where you're probably going to use him He's, the main negative against him is that he can't block, and who gives a shit because Allen can't throw. So the Bills are going to be a run-first team, and the fact that he, uh, Josh Allen is going to be a running quarterback will open up some lanes. This was an argument people used all the time for quarterbacks and running backs, but then Josh Allen 
people don't really mention it, how running quarterbacks open up lanes for running backs. And if you have someone who can burst through a lane and who can get six yards a carry after contact, Henderson is a perfect fit for the Bills. Also learning behind Shady McCoy and Frank Gore is quite a position to be in for a young running back. Yeah. I'm with it. It was crazy how effective he was on a per-carry basis in his college career. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with any of that, especially because it's a need. So, I mean, it makes sense. Tim, um, with your that final be- pick. With that being said, d- man, what? 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 All of a sudden, it's turning to a fucking porn. Somebody making music. The Broncos are up next, baby. And the oh, Bron- we know who Timmy's gonna no. take. The Broncos are up next, and I don't know if you guys know this, but Joe Flacco's their quarterback. That's right, Joe Flacco's quarterback. No, it's not 2009. It's in 2019. Joe Flacco's their quarterback. They need a quarterback. Now, they have a, nice, a lot of nice young weapons. Phillip Lindsay and Royce Freeman in the in the backfield. They got a bunch of good receivers. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Right. So they have four good young receivers. Well, besides Emmanuel Sanders, good receivers. He's 30. You know, we're 31. Old. We're old, us thirty-year-olds. And uh, so the question is, who's going to throw to them? There's a, a bunch of guys who love Dwayne Haskins. For me, Dwayne Haskins is someone who um, played in a conference that uh, allows for some big passers, and he's only had one year doing it. For me, the guy I want, lock it up, Drew Locke. I'm taking with the number ten pick to the Broncos. Here's why I love Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Decided to go to Missouri, even though he had D one offers from basically every school. Man, Timmy, you're the you're the typical, like you really are old. You're the typical. Give me the big prototypical QB. Same thing last year. How you wanted Darnold over Baker Mayfield? Are you, are you done now? I am. Okay. So Drew Lock, uh, he went to Missouri, and in his years in Missouri, he had a new offensive coordinator each year, but yet his stats didn't didn't um. Suffer for it. That's the word I'm looking for. In fact, not only did his stats not suffer, he got better year by year. Now, his stats might not have been as flashy as it was in the past, but he had his most um, complete season, I believe, in his senior year. He's a graduate. Missouri really overachieved, and they and Drew Locke was the reason. Uh, another reason why I love him, he was recruited as a D1 athlete in basketball as well. Dual athletes, I love them. Um, you see a lot of dual athletes in the major leagues, right? I mean, in the um, in football right now, especially at the quarterback position where you have to run and throw. Being that dual athlete, being that basketball player, is something that will help him out tremendously. Um, I like Drew Locke over a guy who's unproven like Haskins or another guy who is kind of just prototypical with nothing else like Daniel Jones. I think Drew Locke not only has the confidence needed to be a franchise quarterback, but also has faced the adversity. And Denver's a great place for him because he's going to go to a place right away where he already is used to playing with a shitty line. So he's going to have a shitty line there. And he's already, but he's going to have these giant targets, these really good targets that he could throw to. So I think that Drew Locke, is who I want to see in the backfield if I am the Denver Broncos in the fantasy fantasy draft. I right. do prefer Locke to Jones, but I, think you're I don't like either. Saying Haskins is a unproven. One year. You'd rather you have for one Locke year. than Haskins? I would rather have Locke than Haskins. No. 
Guys, lock you, it up. You got to you, look, you can look at production all you want. And I know that you guys are big college production guys. Like you could tell me or oh, oh, you're the you're a measurable guy. You guys well, are, you guys rely on college production a little too much in my no, opinion. No, but I I no, look at the production I disagree but I because don't. no, because it de- also depends on the the worth of the production, like how he produced it and the teams he's playing against. Let me tell you something. Like do you guys know that, like like Will Greer put up monster numbers, but I'm not a big Will Greer guy. Do you know that Drew Locke was an underdog Every single time he had a big game. Listen, I'm not so? saying he won't be good. So what do you mean? So that's that. Just, that shows you the kind of odds and adversity he's, that he's come that he's come across to be where he's at. I'm, I'm honestly a believer Haskins. that six four two twenty five is also just textbook quarterback. Great players are great at every level. He was great. What what's not great about about what he did? I guess. I don't know. 28 touchdowns, 3,498 yards, 8 interceptions. Now, this follows the season last year where he threw 44 touchdowns. All right, so not as flashy, obviously. But he's been great every single year with a new coordinator. And uh, when he was a freshman, his his head coach decided to leave after five games. Like, this is a guy who's who has been through the muck, and he put that program on his back, and he carried them. I mean, Denver's a decent spot. I'm a big Drew Luck guy. I, I You know what? I'm going to say it right now because I, I we didn't do a mock draft on VM because of the uh, scheduling issue, so we're going to do a, a, a reaction pod instead. I haven't got a chance to say this. I think the Raiders find a way to get Drew Locke. You know, Drew Locke also has a very similar name to Andrew Luck. He's <laughs> a great quarterback. And that is really the only yeah. thing you need. You but know, I, It's always fascinating going back to looking at prior what people had projected prior to the season to see where players stand. Like, there's Jarrett Stidham I saw from Auburn. A lot of people had him ranked in, like, a top three quarterbacks coming out before, prior to the season. And it's just, I wasn't, I didn't understand it at all. And he, his stock obviously fell a bunch. I, but it's, I don't know. Jarrett Stidham's stock is kind of rising Like, guys again. like Kyler Murray, who wasn't even considered the same thing as Baker Mayfield last season. And it's yeah. pretty crazy how fast things could change. I to like Stidham. Honest, I think Stidham is, is one of the more underrated players that if he goes to the Patriots, I think that he's like a perfect fit there. I'd much rather not take Locke or Jones in the first round and grab Will Greer in like the third. Interesting. I think I'd, I think if I, if you're doing that, I'd rather draft, I'd rather draft old, Stidham in the third over Greer. Greer's accurate, man. So is Stidham. In, he, in, in the pro day, do you know who's another quarterback that – that I think is a underrated quarterback that I think could be great, Tyree Jackson. Do you guys know Tyree Jackson from Buffalo? Yeah, Buffalo. He, he, six, just, seven. he just slings it. 6-7, runs a 4-5. throw it a mile, yo. He could throw it a mile, and he's never had any real QB coaching until going into his into the the uh, what do you, the so draft process. So he's basically he's, he's Josh Allen like, without hype. Or he's like Deshaun Kaiser-esque, too. Right. They, they need to be groomed. They need to be groomed. And uh, he, look, he's a project, but... If you're a team like the Green Bay Packers and you have a fifth round pick and you're looking for an heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers, I'm taking him and I'm, I'm, I'm actually, just actually I wouldn't hate that. That would be pretty. I'm just teaching him for four years under Rodgers. Well, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is gonna be up for that. Apparently, he's a real asshole. But yeah, but this guy Tyree Jackson's a pretty good guy. Michael really likes to stress that he rods an asshole on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, true. but do you know what else I I would like to stress the str- with the eleventh pick of the NFL fantasy fantasy draft, Michael's last pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, he selects Iowa tight end T.J. Hawkinson. Interesting. Yuckers. He finally goes. I was I was tight getting scared that Hawkinson Iowa. does not even tight end crack university. the top twelve, but he does. 
Um, Noah Fant, another fantasy one. fantasy draft. Hawkinson should not be here. Look, <laughs> I want you know someone, uh, um, a a fantasy football guy that I follow said that I forget who it was. You but always really forget who to, it was, Michael. I really wanted to respond. Michael's Twitter game is like, he's like a Twitter stalker. Like, he, he doesn't really tweet that much, but he's always on Twitter, this guy. I like reading other people's thoughts. Makes me reconsider my own thoughts and get better views on people. Or it helps you laugh. Or helps me laugh. Like you said, TJ Hawkinson. I was having an argument with a guy today. What, what, a, what a fucking moron. If TJ Hawkinson lands with, like, the Patriots or one team that needs a tight end, he's automatically placing him in the top five tight ends. I'm like, bruh. You need to listen to Brodo. Yeah. It's a stupid idea. <laughs> but uh, TJ Hawkinson here for Cincinnati. Look, I chose Hawkinson over Fant because uh, Hawkinson is a more all-around tight end, which I think the Bengals can use. Be- oh, hold on. Before you go forward, just so you guys know, the thing that we're, we've been referring to for this whole time, Jason has brought up the fact that rookie tight ends tend not to uh, produce in their rookie season. So that's why we're talking about this. We're not saying when we that. we say 10 not to, it means they're almost certain not to. Right, almost, yes. Like 10 not to, meaning there's been one that has been good. So, I mean, we – obviously, Hawkinson is someone that we – do you believe in him as a, as a prospect? I believe in him as a prospect. Oh, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, so we think that he could have success, but just not necessarily this year. So, anyway, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. I can I see him possibly cracking the tight end 11-12 range, but – Depends where he ends up. And it's has not to hard. Scenario. I mean, yeah. 500 yards and five touchdowns is tight end 11. So, uh, yeah, TJ Hawkinson is uh, the best blocking tight end in this class. And in the last episode, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. Uh, Mark Lindquist said that he's one of the best blocking tight ends he's uh, ranked like in this century. So he's he's a big help there. Uh, has he been ranking for centuries now? Who knows? Uh, on top of that, uh, Hawkinson had the second highest receiving grade among tight ends in PFF. He only had one drop. With 51 catchable targets last season, he turned 50. Uh, he turned those 50 targets into 744 receiving yards, which is actually 200 more than his teammate Noah Fant. And uh, he had 2.21 yards per route run, which was fourth in the country. And as I stated before with Andy Isabella, yards per route run is usually a very good indicator about the skill of the player. He's a big target, 6'4", 251 pounds, just fits the tight end mold. Fits what they do in Cincinnati with tight ends. You saw Tyler Eifert have a double-digit touchdown season. Tyler Eifert's career, sadly, is probably done at this point if he comes back. He just he keeps getting hurt. C.J. Uzoma, they tried to use him last season. He had some interesting games. But C.J. Uzoma just is not a very good tight end, especially his pass catcher. In uh, true target uh, values, I guarantee you C.J. Uzoma is towards the bottom of that list because... He was getting targets like crazy and putting up absolutely no production. I remember there was one time he got like 10 targets and 30 yards. I can check. Yeah, you can check. So, I mean, uh, the tight end is a position that is used and has been used in Cincinnati. So, it makes a lot of sense. So, I think TJ Hawkinson, it's a pretty ideal landing spot for him to end up in Cincy. John was 18. Among... Among tight ends. Among tight ends. Disgusting. Which is pretty dreadful for the amount of targets he saw. Right. So it it gives you an idea. And it's not like Andy Dalton was terrible either in his true target, uh, true throw value. Let's not forget he had not only Andy Dalton throwing to him, though. Jeff Driscoll as well. Um, Who, you know, great strawberries, but not a great quarterback. Um, Strawberries. Driscoll, Driscoll strawberries? Never had Driscoll strawberries? Not following you, kid. Oh, are you following this? Bling! Black up, bling! <coughs> last pick. The last pick. Gross. Did I cough on you? My bad. Jason, 
Who you got? With the last pick of the 2019 NFL Fantasy Fantasy Draft. Well, that was nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Why? The Green Bay Packers select DK Metcalf's teammates, wide receiver Demarcus Lodge. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, but DK right. Metcalf's teammate, receiver AJ Brown. <laughs> What kind of a joke is that? I thought it was funny. You guys were mad. Like you I guys were waiting for surprised. me to say AJ like, Brown. You should have like, seen Michael's Jason, eyes when I said to Marcus Lodge. He was like, like, "Where are you Jason's going?" Really with throwing this? a wild card in here. <laughs> yeah, right. Like <laughs> way to way to go out with a bang. I'm going with AJ Brown, DK Metcalf's more productive teammate counterpart. Slightly smaller, but also very athletic. Because if you look at that picture of DK Metcalf that went viral, to the right of that picture is AJ Brown, who is also. A beast of a human just because he's not he's a couple inches shorter and not as muscular he's still a beast of a human he's athletic he's a smaller wide receiver who really excels with the ball in his hands and you know where he plays the most the slot the slot oh the old slot. and let's think about the packers what could they use right now they could sorry they could use a slot receiver a rod Hasn't been himself the last few years. You know when he was best? When Randall Cobb was killing it out of the slot form. The Packers could really use a slot receiver. Devontae Adams is going to move around a little bit more this year. MVS, Allison, ESB. None of them have done anything really to say, like, believe in me. Like you, they, Geronimo Allison, they could, when he's healthy, But produces. none of them were have been like, all right, like this guy is going to be a mainstay on this team. So you want to take a chance with a slot receiver here like A.J. Brown. Uh, he had 17 broken tackles, 34 explosive plays, only five drops on 90 catchable targets. He had a catch percentage of 73% or higher each of the last two seasons. Very good at yak, good route running skills. I think that A.J. Brown, if he ends up on the Packers, coming out of the slot for Aaron Rodgers, match made in cheese. It's made in cheese, baby. Green Bay Packers, Wisconsin, cheese land. All right, so that's our first 12 picks. If we were doing the, the actual NFL draft in terms of fantasy drafts, um, yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on this, please hit us up at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Also, you can check us out on BrotoFantasy.com. Uh, Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Petrop. Mike? At Mike underscore Patrop. And you can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling frisky. real, real, frisky. real frisky. Um, yeah, give us that follow and talk to us. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you if we got the best matchups um, because the draft is tomorrow. Also, uh, tune in live to the Veterans Minimum Instagram to see your favorite Brodo bros talking about the draft is going to be me and the twins, both uh, in the living room of our parents' house, talking about the draft as it happens. We did the same thing last year, and I made sure to zoom in on how disappointed the twins were when Baker Mayfield got drafted first overall. And not why, to the Jets why do you have to remind me? <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Um, more disappointment sure to come when the Jets trade back out of their third pick instead of taking Josh Allen. Bro. Um, we should 112% trade back from our third pick. Nah, we need, a, we need an edge rusher, man. We need an edge rusher bad. No, you're bugging. Josh Allen is What if one. they take Quinn and Williams? Um, then I would can we? Not can be... that also be something we talk about? I don't understand how, like, there's so much draft talk and a lot of, like, analysts, the new popular things with all these stat-based analysts and, you know, no running back, stuff like that. But then Hawkinson can go in the first round. That's fine. Taking a DT... Right now in today's 
NFL taking a DT. I think with Quinton Williams. Like, they're trying, just assuming that he's going to be Aaron Donald. I mean, I think with Quentin Williams, one thing you're getting though is like a guy who can pressure from the middle, and he, he did he did it he did it in you college. Don't know that, the man. two defensive tackles, Ed Oliver and Quentin Williams, both had sack numbers from the inside. I think this is very similar to Ed Oliver is quite an intriguing. Uh, guy. He is intriguing. Cross sport reference here: DeAndre Ayton being drafted first by the Suns. Why? I don't care how good he is. You're not taking a center in today's day and age, number one overall. Terrible move. I don't care how good he is. Just a bad idea. The Don, Luka Donkic went And Donkic is killing it now. So is Trey Young. And they're because they're not centers. I feel like it's the same thing here. He can be a great DT, but if you're picking two or three, you need to get that edge rusher. You gotta take a chance with an edge rusher. I would trade back. I agree, man. Trade back. No, no, I'd rather trade back than Williams get a corner. I'd rather Maybe take get a pass rusher Josh Allen or Bosa. You know, do you know who would well, I, I would love if the Jets got Bosa. Do you know who would really help with with corners? A pass rusher. The Jets haven't had a true pass rusher, like a true one, since John That's Abraham. That's what I'm saying though. How many people are in today's NFL are capable of Quentin rushing Copels. through the middle? Quentin Copels was supposed and to, to be just that assume part. Williams will be able to do it. He might be. I want Josh Allen. He's special. You're not don't talk to me. I want Josh but Allen. But I'm taking edge Bosa. every day. If we I don't get, get Nick it. Bosa. Like, if it goes Kyler Murray, then someone panic trades up to take Haskins number two. And we get Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa falls into our lap. Nick Bosa does have an injury history. It makes me a little nervous. Same Just with like Joey. Brother. Joey, too. Joey Bosa, too. Yeah. But Joey it's Bosa because they're the both field, fucking ridiculous and beasts. basically records a sack every yeah. single game. So Yeah, that's I'll take true. It. Yeah. Well, anyway, now that we've just ranted about the Jets when we're supposed to sign off, we'll see that we'll see you guys after this draft. Um, we'll for be our going. Yes, for our rookie review, one of our more popular episodes, we'll be going over every single fantasy viable rookie. That's what we do on this show. We give you every single fantasy viable player. Please be on the lookout for that rookie review. Uh, we might have to make it two episodes because it'll probably be so long. Yeah. But um, until next time, later. Peace. Later.